You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. Global markets and global asset classes are, to say the least, volatile and have been volatile for a couple of weeks now. In fact, it's been a week since Russia invaded the Ukraine and the volatility has been amplified by that particular event. With me now to cut through the fundamentals and focus on the technicals is France de Klerk, independent technical analyst, speaking to us from the Hruet Courreur in South Africa. France, you must be so busy. I mean, I, I know you love being busy and I know you, know you love seeing these movements, but even you must be slightly overwhelmed by what you've seen recently. Yeah, Lindsay, I mean, all markets, um, we'll chat about our market now, but um, all other markets, I mean, uh, the Dow, the S&P, um, you know, it, it goes up, let's say on the S&P side, 120, 130 points. And then uh, the next day it will reverse. And um, it's absolutely crazy. And you know, what's the interesting thing about it? Everybody has just got so complacent with um, greed. Yes. And they are not even worried anymore about anything, not a third world war, a, a nuclear nuclear attack, nothing. Um, you know, what surprised me was that one day when the, the war, let's call it, um, almost broke out, um, everybody was a little bit nervous for about two hours. Yeah. And then you saw these markets just take off. And I mean, our market went 5,000 points in a matter of five days. And we know it's commodities, and we'll chat about them now if we've got time. But it's the weirdest period. And I think, and, and we know we don't want to talk fundamentals, but I think it is purely a liquidity issue. And that people are so desperate that is maybe in an income fund or a money market fund to get some extra, um, you can almost say, return on their capital that they will buy almost anything just to get that and the reason why i'm saying that is that little thing that we call oil that is sparking inflation across the world and it's making people poorer and you've got either one of two things the one guy that doesn't own stocks and just have a normal living life he cannot come out of his money and the other guy that's got money in the market, he'd just say, well, boys, let's cream it. Let's just pump money in because this thing is going higher because of inflation. And the market is our, let's call it inflation hedge. And let's just go wild. And this is what I'm picking up. And for me, over years, I've seen that the moment you get this, this almost excitement, this, this um, you know, almost a, a loss of fear, then I'm always nervous about the markets. But of course, I'm completely wrong. Um, about three or four weeks ago, we chatted about um, Armageddon. Yes. And strangely enough, the S&P is below that levels of ours. It, it only came above that, I think, the day before yesterday. And that level of ours was 3280. And I mean, on our market, our level was 66,400. And our market exactly bounced off that level and gave this astonishing 5,000 points rally. So it just shows you the opposite of these markets. Um, but our market, of course, before we talk any levels, is what we call the fantasy market of the world. I mean, we were the dark of the market for so many years, yes. and now suddenly we're the best market in the world. You I know, everybody this, say, "Yeah, I said this uh, <laughs> over the last couple of days." We've suddenly become a safe haven. Suddenly, everybody loves us, and suddenly, uh, South Africa Inc. companies, and it's not just the commodities. I mean, okay, we are a commodity company, or South yeah. Africa is a commodity country. 
um, and the rand is a commodity currency. Uh, but you've seen these trading updates and these results from retailers, from insurers, from financial uh, companies, from, from banks. And um, I don't know, it just seems to me that South Africa has bounced back, whether this is just a post-COVID bounce back or whether it's sustainable, I don't know. We've had a responsible budget delivered by a responsible finance minister. I, and everybody loves us, so, uh, France. Can this continue, do you think? What do your charts say? You know, Lindsay, yes, it can, because I think we're coming from such a low base. I mean, everybody was just so negative on, on South Africa. And suddenly, although everything is not 100%, we that live here, we know. Um, but the world is suddenly saying, listen, there's a little uh, country in, in the south of the world. And, and that place is okay. You know, they riot, they burn, they kill, they, they do whatever they want to do. But the economy is flying and the commodities, the miners are printing money and they're exporting. Although there's no uh, trains to take the stuff, the trucks will mess up the roads, but we'll get the stuff. <laughs> and that's about it. And I think that is what's happening here. But if I look at the market and maybe we if we can we must maybe kick off with the with the top 40 index because that's where all the big commodities are, are you know almost okay let, let's let's and, do that um, and we have to look at sassel yes. and exaro for example because exaro this morning came <laughs> out with numbers sassel has gone from <laughs> let's call it 20 to 400 it's astonishing yeah. what, what's happened but you you choose your 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 picks well let's let's do sassel mm. um and, and you know what all these commodity counters I think many will remember that Cecil was on the brink of going under. Mm. I mean, um, it, it was rights issues and it was all that. And I can remember a company like Anglo-American. Maybe we can uh, look at that one as well after this, this Cecil one. But if you, if you look at Anglo-American, they were in huge debt. Everybody was worried about them, and suddenly they turn around there from a 50 rand uh, company to an 800 rand company. I mean, Sassel, um, you know, I saw a uh, head and shoulder formation many years ago with the, the brilliant journalist um, Julieta Talevi. Yes. And I said to her, you know, Julieta, I'm completely wrong, but I'm seeing this head and shoulder on Sassel. And if it plays out, it can take it down to, I think it was 170 rand. And we actually laughed about it. We said, it's, it's not true. It cannot happen. Well, oh dear, it went way below that. Went to 50. And, but now it, turned, mm. now it turned around. And I mean, if I look at this chart, and I'm going to use a weekly chart because I mean the noises on the daily charts are almost irrational now. Um, I mean, this chart was as low as, can you believe it? I mean, uh, for the viewers, that will sound astonishing. 20 rand 77. Oh, was that, that was the Cecil low? That was the low of Cecil on the that week of 23rd of March 2020. Now, I mean, since then, you saw... That's only two Ireland. years ago, France. I'm, I'm sorry, it's the what 23rd. Are you talking? This is, it's only two years ago. This is, this is two years ago. To give you an idea, Lindsay, hmm. since then, it never made any lower low. And what is a lower low? A lower low is when you've got maybe a level of 100 rand mm. and the share goes to maybe 104 and suddenly it goes below 100 rand. Then you see a lower low. Then you will say, okay, listen, be a little bit careful here. This thing can go lower. But since that March 2020, it never made any lower lows. It only made higher lows. And it just tells you that everybody just climbed into that stock and they're still holding on to the stock. 
Um, one of my, my readers, um, because I, I give them opinions that they can ask about mm. on a share. And I mean, this guy's got Cecil, but every second to a third day, he asked me for new levels to the upside. And he cannot believe it that this share is just rocketing to the top. And if you look at this chart, I mean, the scary thing about it, if it carries on, and remember, this is all spurred by the oil price. If it carries on, there's nothing wrong for Cecil to go back to 491.70. And the first lower low that will make you nervous will only be below 311 rand. And I mean, we're trading at 395. Okay, so so you, but, but you have to be you have to be responsible, and you have to tell him that the oil price has gone from ten, eleven dollars a barrel up to one hundred and seventeen dollars a barrel, which it was this morning. I, I can't even look at what it is at the moment because it's probably I don't know, it's like one twelve, one thirteen. I don't know. But the point is, you have to be responsible, um, France de Klerk, and tell him just take a little bit off the table because this is a bonanza that he cannot possibly imagine and will never see again in his life. You know what is this, Lindsay? It is that people that invested in the last two years, remember before then, nobody knew the word correction or even a bear market. Mm. And then when the COVID, let's call it correction, started, everybody was just in shock that shares could fell. But then what happened? The Fed came out and they pumped this thing with liquidity and nobody now knows anything about the correction. They just say a correction is just a word that the Fed will come in and save us. And I mean, I can, I can show you some of these opinions that I write. And I give a level to the top. I give my warning level. I say, listen, this thing is overbought. I see a divergence on the stochastic. Whatever I say, the guy will ask me, can you just give me the upward targets? So... I think that the fear has gone past everybody. And, and for me, maybe I'm the only one that has got the fear of the market because I'm sitting in front of these charts and I see one lamppole formation after the other. And what is a lamppole formation? It's a warning formation. I see rising wedges. I see head yes. and shoulders formations. But nobody just cared about it. they just in this mode. And I think it's maybe a thing of the inflation that actually – changed people's mind to say that whatever I buy is a inflation edge and whatever I will buy cannot go lower because the Fed will come in and save us. Um, somebody made a joke this morning and said, but the Fed is probably going to rise interest rates in March. Although let's don't even talk about the, the war. And I, my comment to him was, yes, if they do it, it will be 0,000001%. And, and that's about it. So, I think we're sitting in this market, especially the South African market, where greed has taken over completely. And, and I don't say greed in an, in an ugly way. I just say that people are there that they just say, buy the stock, hang on to it, don't worry, it can collapse. Where, look at Steinoff, somebody will come and save us. And everybody just forgot the words of able. Or so those companies that really went under, like into properties, they went bad. But people don't believe that. And I mean, if I look at the Sassel price and I'm looking at the weekly chart, it's a beautiful ascending channel. Ascending channel we know is eventually a negative channel. But at the moment, it goes to that resistance line. Three, four days down, up it goes again. As a South African, France de Klerk, living in the middle of South Africa, and you really are in the middle of South Africa, in the desert, 
you must say to yourself, I've seen this all before, and when people become irrationally exuberant, I'm not saying they are irrational, okay, when people become so exuberant about South Africa and the rand is go only going up and the stock market is only going up and we're bouncing back and suddenly we're not the pariah of the world anymore, suddenly we are flavour of the month, suddenly we're superstars of the emerging market world, suddenly we're safe havens, that is when people like, even people like me saying this, and I'm a natural pessimist, if I start saying it, then you know it's time to be very, very cautious. Are you seeing warning signs, whether it be the top 40, whether it be Sassel, whether it be the RAND? Yeah, you know, what's the scary thing here, Lindsay? Yes, I think I can maybe mention a few names that have seen bear markets in their lifetime. And I'm, I'm someone going to mention a guy like Mr. David Shapiro, <laughs> Wayne McCurry. Yes. Um, those guys that have seen that they realize that, that shares can fall, a guy like Pete Fulhoun, I mean, that was that is maybe one of South Africa's brilliant um, uh, fundamental analysts on value shares. And he was completely wrong with, with commodity counters. What I do see, and that's usually a warning sign for me, especially, well, if you talk top 40, there is just no reversal on that chart. Everything looks absolutely 100% correct. And that's why when, you know, when I see all these Twitters and Facebooks and all that, I see that... Everybody now is a brilliant technical analyst. Everybody gives opinions. Everybody is right because they just say long, up it goes, whoa, whoa, whoa. And it's just so easy. But the world has learned me and teached me on technical analysis that things can turn around. And that's the nasty thing about commodity counters. And remember, we are a commodity-driven market. Yes. When commodity shares starts to turn around, then suddenly you find that those shares fall on a heap. And they do it, you know, in a, in, a, in a way that you don't even understand it. I mean, it's almost like one day that you open shop and suddenly there's just sellers. And if you look at this and if I look at the Cecil, it's just a beautiful chart. We can maybe look at Exaro now, beautiful chart, Anglo-American, beautiful chart. In actual fact, if you look at the Anglo-American today at the FTSE, there's a tweezer top. But if you look at our, our Anglo-American year, and I know it's, it, the, the price of the rand makes an effect, it's a beautiful bullish engulfing candle. In actual fact, it's close to a marubuzu candle that is extremely positive. Well, so maybe that says that the rand is going to go weaker uh, then, sorry to interrupt you, but maybe well, then the, look, the currency factor comes in there because what you're saying is if the Anglo-American price in pounds on the F Financial Times Stock Exchange 100 index is saying one thing and the JSC Securities Exchange Anglo-American price is saying another, that's got to be a rand factor or a pound factor, surely. But if you look at the rand chart, Lindsay, you will not believe what I'm going to tell you now. If I look at the weekly line chart, and that means on a Friday morning, we on a Friday afternoon, we get a little dot. And if you combine those lines, then you get a line chart. But if you look at this, I'm seeing a head and shoulder on the rand. Yes. There is on the, on the on the last six months, there is what I call a descending channel that can take the rand to 15 rand, 85, maybe 16 rand. That is the target of this descending channel. But this head and shoulder formation, it's almost like a Sassel story mm. that I'm seeing a head and shoulder. Now, look at this neckline. This neckline, and I know everybody is going to say, listen, the clerk, it's good that you stay in Fosbit because you're insane. The neckline is sitting at 13 rand and 35 cents. And I know we're two rand above that. 
But 13 Rand 35, if that breaks, we've got a head and shoulder in, in the Rand that can take it down to 8 Rand. No, and no, you right see, no, 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 you, you, you've been in Fosburg too long. 8 Rand. Is there a hospital near you? <laughs> is there a hospital near you, you Franz de Klerk? It's the amount of scarp sterkies that we eat here that messes your mind up. But this right <laughs> shoulder of this right shoulder of, of this head and shoulder will only disappear above sixteen thirty. And I thought about this chart about this chart a long time. Let's just think about this. If the war carries on and oil just runs and palladium and platinum and all these beautiful things just carry on going, the rand will become an attractive currency. Mm. And the reason why I'm saying that, because if the Fed comes in and they just print money, what will happen? They will destroy the dollar. And they did that already. So the commodity is almost like a safe haven. I cannot believe that li this little tiny country is suddenly an issue on the commodities. But if I look at this chart, I just say to myself, with all our problems, and we know that, I mean, we've got many, many problems in South Africa. I say if we can get above that 1630, then unfortunately a weaker rand is in play like you can't believe. Because then what you do see then, you see a beautiful ascending channel that can take the rand all the way out to 1830. So you hear all these anomalies. You hear now uh, a sassel that runs to, to the extreme. You see the RAND chart is different. And the reason why we're seeing all these things is that I think over years now, we've actually skewed markets with the amount of liquidity and we've skewed minds of investors to say that nothing can go wrong. And this is why we get all these different shapes and different kind of, of charts that we're seeing now. Okay, tell me about Cecil before we go on to other matters now. What is the year prevailing price? Because I'm looking at the oil price and I'm getting very, very nervous. It was $117 plus this morning. It went down to below 115 And uh, when we started speaking, it was $116.30 a barrel. It's now back, bang on 117 Where is Cecil at the moment? Because I want to have a private bet with you. Where is Cecil? Cecil, if we look at it as we are now talking... Mm -hmm. um, Cecil is at one nine. Oh, sorry, three nine four ninety one on the dot. Let's call it three ninety five. Where's the next hundred? Where's the next hundred rand, France de Klerk? According to you, where is the next hundred rand? Down or up? You mean for Cecil? Yes. Or for any other shares? No, Cecil. Let's take Cecil at three ninety five. Will it be four ninety five or two ninety five okay. next? The level, the first one is 400 rand, but it did break that yesterday. Remember that. Mm. And then the next one will be 432.49. And listen to this level. The next one will only be 485. That's 100 rand from where it is now. That's what I'm and saying to you. Have a bet with me. I think it's uh, the, the next level will be 295. Do you think the next level will be 495? Whichever, the next 100 rand. Never mind technicals. What do you think? Well, I think we're going to go down, and I'm telling uh. you now, the Brent oil cannot go in this fashion on a lamp oil formation. It will give us a correction. So I would rather say Cecil can pull back yes. to 324.40. And the reason why I'm saying that if we look at the Brent chart, mm. and that's maybe the one that we need to look at, um, Brent oil. I just want to get it here. Yes. And there you are. 
It's $117.30 per barrel. Now, since we've been speaking for the last 47 seconds, it has risen 30 cents per barrel. It is now 117.30. Yeah, but you won't have a bet with me. No, I, I wasn't talking about technical levels. I was talking about whichever's the first one to be breached, uh, then uh, that person will will, um, will get some money for his chosen charity. 395 well, or 295? I mean, sorry. I say that 325. No, no, I'm, I'm saying, will it be 495 or 295? Uh, 295 is a little bit weird. So then, <laughs> I mean, 495 is 100 rand from here. I so know, let's take and 295 is 100 rand from here as well. So which, which one do you think no, is the... Okay, so let's... Go on. Let's let's use that. Let, let you you take the top one, and I'll take the bottom no, one. No, I want the bottom one because I know it's going to fall in a heap. This is too much now. But anyway, well, then it's two ninety five. Yeah, then exactly. it's two ninety five, partner. I yeah. think I think it yeah. is as well. So we we both concur. So there's no bet. Uh, the other thing I want to talk to you about is the gold price, and I want to bring in fundamentals here because um, you're a technical analyst, and I like to look at other things. The gold price is doing very nicely. It's 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 a, 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 a couple of dollars above um, 1900 okay interest rates in the yeah. United States are going up so that means that the contango in the gold market uh, is uh, elevated uh, so you've got a contango situation uh, you've got Russia which on the one hand says you must buy gold because it's a safe haven on the other hand you've got to say to yourself they've got no money their money sources have been cut off, so they have to sell gold. And you can sell gold to anybody. You might have to discount it by 10, 15%, but you can sell it to certain countries that will buy it from you. So on the one hand, you've got that. They need the liquidity, so gold is going to be pushed into the market and that therefore suppressing the price. On the And as well as interest rates rising, that also suppresses the price. But on the other hand, you've got this safe haven status. So what and, and also inflation. So what do you do with gold? Because this is fascinating. We may only be the sixth biggest gold producer in the world anymore in South Africa, but something something tells us that we need to know about gold. What do you say about gold, given the fundamentals I've just told you? You know, Lindsay, we all know um, that America has been manipulating the gold price and the silver price for so long. And they've oversubscribed it. And they haven't got that stock to back it. I mean, it's a known fact. Everybody knows about it. And I think what we're seeing here is that the gold price are slowly but surely telling us that that safe haven status yes. is becoming more prominent by the day. Okay. And the technicals also confer with that. My level to the, the top is $2,000. And I think above that, it will really struggle because the previous high was at around 2036 but what I think what can happen here, remember Russia was the biggest purchaser of gold in the past seven years. And they also produce a lot of gold. And I think if they're going to force them with the swift carrying on, Russia has the capacity to say, listen, guys, but I'm prepared to pay you in gold mm. because they've got the gold. Exactly. And then suddenly they and if they if they really start to push that gold price up, let's say they, they, they give it to the market, but the gold price doesn't drop. And suddenly America must need to buy that gold back to fill their, their uh, capacity on. Then this gold price can go into a brand new wave. 
And if you look at the symmetrical triangle, it broke up, and I think we chatted about it a while back, it broke up about 1865. That was that level, 1865, 1864. Yes. And since then, it, it is, it's a slowly tick. And what I'm agreeing with you, it's strange that you see oil and gold and palladium, all of them going up. And that just tells you one thing. Gold is like, a, let's call it a safe haven, but the other is an infla inflation play. And we know gold is an inflation play, but it's not as hedged as other commodities. And that's what I think, that this gold price can maybe surprise us. And if they want to manipulate it down, that this chart will only show some weakness below 1865. Now, I know it's only $80 from here, but $80, you know, in a market like we we now, it, it is a bit of money to push that down, $85. Okay, so that's gold. Uh, anything else that really sticks out? Because I've been uh, dominating the conversation with the asset classes and the individual commodities that uh, and, and stocks that I want to talk about. Anything that really stands out for you? I can tell you now what, what, what is standing out to me is the S&P 500. Okay. And, and that is actually the chart that all of us must watch because I can tell you why I'm saying that is the S&P 500 is sitting above that level of 3280. Mm -hmm. It's now at 4386 on the futures market. Yes, it is. But that head and shoulder formation that we were talking about on a weekly chart, the neckline of that head and shoulder, you will not believe, is sitting at double four one six. Now, if it changes and it turns around from you and it gives us a goodbye kiss, maybe tonight or tomorrow on double four one six, and it's starting to come down, I know nobody will believe it, but then the S&P can head down to four one two zero. So my scenario is, if that's going to take place they will correct our market in a fashion like you can't believe. Because I'm sitting in front of computers for many years. I've never seen that our market will just go out and outperform any other market for a prolonged period of time. You're quite right. It gets to a point where the big players come and they just say, well, okay, South Africa is a beautiful safe haven. We love the market. Nothing can go wrong here. And those big boys will come in here and they will just say, let's cream the profits off the table. And I think then what will then happen is then the rand will suddenly weaken. Because we all know if you sell stock, where is everybody going to wait? or leave their money, they will not go into gold directly. They will first go into dollar, and that will strengthen the dollar. And remember, our market is actually ripe for a correction. And you know what's the scary thing? Our market in the last two years have never seen a correction of more than 6 to 7%. It was all higher lows right through. And that is the chart that I'm watching is this S&P 500, because if that starts to make lower highs on a weekly chart, and it remains below that that 4418 level, that tells you that that market is in, in trouble. And there's no way that any big commodity counter will forever beat the S&P 500. Not Anglo, not Bulletin, nothing. It will get to a point where the big guys will just say, the commodities is beautiful, let's take the money and go. Yes, but France, you know what you just said to me? You said that it's in big trouble. It'll go to 4120, 4,120 on the S&P 500. Last week, 
At around about this time, it went to 4,101. So it's not as if it's breaking new ground. It's just trading within its range. Look at your graph. S&P futures were 4,101. So this isn't groundbreaking stuff. All you're telling me is it's just going to test the lows again. But if it breaks that level, then suddenly we, we have got a, a top in place. And if you've got a top in place in the biggest market of the world, then everybody's got a problem. And I can tell you now, I, you can see that they're trying to push the NASDAQ up. Um, I mean, I'm looking at the share for a client this morning, PayPal. I mean, that share doesn't want to move and everybody's trying to talk these shares up. If the NASDAQ doesn't come right, this S&P, you know, my level, if it really pulls back and that will shake, can go back to 3380. That is just a thousand points from here. Let's call it 900 points from here. Mm. That's a little bit of a move. And then it can really get ugly. So for me personally, I think we're in a weird, weird space. But our market surprised me because the way it's going up, and I know it's all commodity-driven, most commodity-driven. And, and, you know, our market is a little bit skewed in, the, in, the, in a certain way. The commodities is quite heavy in the index. But when the commodities start to rally, the fund managers need to balance that. And then they buy all these, the first rands and the standard banks to, you know, to balance it up. So it gives you a little bit of a skew view. But I mean, the S&P is my chart to watch. I know everybody's watching the, the Aussie and the top 40 and everything. But the S&P is the one that watches, uh, that's showing me. Because what do we know? If oil prices really carry on, if commodities really carry on to, to, to go higher, I've got a big client that must build a massive factory now for their, for their business. They stopped it. Why? Because they say goods are just too expensive. If these prices carry on going, you will get almost a stop of buying or let's say pulling back of buying. And then that triggers not just inflation, it triggers higher interest rates and immediately after that, a recession. And I mean, at these market highs, to get in a recession, I mean, oh boy, we're in for a for a nice move to the downside. But I mean, of course, it's only me speaking in Forsberg in my office. The whole world <laughs> out there will say it's a bull market forever. Every dip is just a buy. Okay, 4,390 is the S&P at the moment, the March futures, um, which is up 0.2%. And uh, France de Klerk's numbers are 4,416 or 4,418. And uh, on the downside, 4,120. Fascinating stuff. So much for you to work on. France, thank you so much for your time. France de Klerk is an independent technical analyst uh, speaking to us from the Khrut Karoo, the Great Karoo Desert in South Africa. How do people get hold of you, France? Just please remind us. Lindsay, it's quite easy. They can drop me an email to france at francedeclare.com or they can uh, visit our website, www.francedeclare.com. And um, that's about how they can get hold of me. I mean, on Twitter, I'm also on the, on the um, handle Trader France. But, um, I mean, you can drop me an email if you want to or visit our website. That's my easy. Jolly good. France will speak to you after the uh, Armageddon. Thanks very much. That's France de Clerc. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organization, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.